You're listening to Jai Long and this is Make Your Break, episode number 41. SEO. What is SEO and why is it talked about so much? What even is SEO? What does it even stand for? Today on the podcast, I have a wedding photographer and SEO expert, Dylan Howe, joining us from Portland, Oregon. Our paths have crossed many years ago and I love watching Dylan evolve as a photographer and evolve as an educator and he's so passionate about SEO and his community as well. So, you know, it's so good to watch him growing his brand and branching out and doing so many different things, including online courses, a podcast and everything else. So he's always offering so much value. And to be honest, there isn't many educators I recommend because I don't believe they're doing it for the right reasons. But Dylan, he's so passionate about what he does and he genuinely wants the best for his community. And that's what I really love. And that's why I recommend the people that I do. Before we dive into today's value packed episode with Dylan, I want to tell you about two things. Firstly, my free live online workshop coming up, how to build a six-figure wedding photography business. If you haven't already signed up, we've already got about 700 people joining us. And if you'd like to grab your place, just head over to jialong.co and register. And remember, it's live. So you can put it into your calendar and you can actually just ask questions live and we can do a bit of brainstorming. But set aside a couple of hours because there's quite a bit of training in it. There's so many value bombs in this in this workshop. I did it last month and I had so much good feedback. So I'm excited to bring it to you again. I'm excited to have some new people in it and the people that missed it and show you just how easy it can be to build a six-figure wedding photography business. The next thing I want to mention is my 12-month program, Six Figure Business Map for Wedding Photographers, is open for enrollment on the 22nd of June, the same day as the free workshop. This program gives you all the tools that I've gathered to build multiple six-figure businesses and it delivers it in an easy and beautiful way. So this 12-month program, we have an exclusive Facebook group at the moment. There's people in there at the moment doing it. We do monthly group calls and masterminds and you know I'm in there putting in my time to really make sure you're hitting those goals. I step out every marketing strategy that I've used and I help you build a leader day strategy so you can get some results. I have to say, I really wish there was something like this available when I first started my wedding photography business. It's really going to give my community an unfair advantage on the whole industry. So if you are interested, enrollment is open on the 22nd of June and you can join the waitlist over on my homepage on my website, which is just jialong.co. It's really easy, jialong.co. And it's a 12-month program. Enrollment only opens up for a short while every three months. So you've got a small window to jump in and join the crew. And we're already hitting so many goals, doing so many things, and I'm excited to work with you. So let's not waste any more time and let's dive into today's interview. Dylan, how are you? So good to have you on the show finally. We've been talking about having you on Make Your Break for a long time now and I finally got you here. Totally. I'm super excited. Thanks for having me. Yeah. How, how is it right now over in Portland? It's pretty good. Uh, the weather's been okay. It's, it's, everything's pretty locked down, but we're managing. We're, we're surviving. Yeah, cool. I have crossed paths with you a few times over the last four years or five years or so, and it's been really good. Um, 
I actually want to know a little bit about how you made your break before we get started as a wedding photographer because you've been around for a long time, you've been in the industry for a long time, and you've had a big presence in the industry for a long time. So I want to hear a little bit about the early days. Yeah, totally. Um, I think that the the early success in my wedding photography career mostly came down to a few things. Um, I was in a Flickr group called Starting a Wedding Photography Business, which was pretty key. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, it, I mean, there are some some big players in there, like Jonas Peterson and uh, Ryan Brenizer and like lots of like Sam Hurd, um, lots of really cool people pushing the industry. And I found it because uh, we had booked a wedding and I didn't know how to shoot a wedding. So I, I was just like researching online how to be a wedding photographer and I came across that like wealth of knowledge and was able to study that and ask questions. And I think I had like six months to get ready and prepare. So like I, I had a gear list of all the gear I was going to buy and rent and like, here's the shots I'm going to try to get. And here's how I can practice doing those before I, the big day comes. So, uh, that was a big part for sure. Yeah. So I guess like having a lot of role models and, and people straight away really probably boosted you. Totally for sure. And then the first wedding, um, it got picked up by a, a little wedding blog, but that like kind of blew my mind. Um, and then like a few, like I think out of the first five or six weddings shot, like I think three or four were featured. And so the the inquiries started coming in like right off the bat, which was awesome. Yeah, I would say like, um, I mean, I, I feel like, and a lot of people probably don't know this, but I feel like that you're part of the um the founders that created the trend in the far northwest with wedding photography on like <laughs> on you know the moody beaches and things like that um which yeah. is absolutely blown up because now when i jump on instagram it's basically everybody's feed but i remember seeing all that stuff from you first and you know it was so good just seeing you guys like really leaning into the area that you're in and creating work that best represented i guess like the lives that you lived you know in the in yeah. the part of the world that you lived. Yeah, totally. I mean, it was, for me, it was like Sean Flanagan was probably like one of the first and then like Ben Heish. And I was living in Idaho at the time, which is like one state over from the true Pacific Northwest. Mm -hmm. But I wanted to do that, like that aesthetic and that lifestyle so bad. So I, I very quickly just moved to Portland, Oregon so I could chase those dreams. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, I think it's definitely a lot of envy of a lot of photographers around the world because I, d I do teach, you know, so many photographers um, down here in Australia and New Zealand. They're always like we we got such a beautiful country here, but for some reason they're always comparing to the far northwest going like, well, look at these waterfalls and look at these beaches. And it's like, but look what we have in our backyard. Why isn't anybody like making that trendy totally so what have you what what have you been up to lately i know that you've been working on some uh, on a new podcast you got a course you've been uh, a big voice and really helping so many people in the industry at the moment with leveling up their businesses and it's one of the reasons why i want to get you on the podcast so we can talk about that and get you to give some value to my listeners so what have you been working on lately yeah so about i think it's a little over a year ago i joined up with uh, Corey potter from fuel your photos um, i'd been teaching seo to photographers for the past few years but and so was he and we realized that we were both building kind of competing courses and that we should just kind of join efforts so uh, we put out a, a course that teaches seo to photographers we we have a group i think it has like 17-ish thousand different photographers in it trying to learn SEO. Uh, we have a podcast called SEO for Photographers. <laughs> we just like 
do that all day. We live live SEO. It's funny, hey, because a lot of people actually don't realize um, when you get like to get some sort of success, you need to live and breathe what you do. And it's the same as like wedding photography. Like if you're in that game, you're living it and you're breathing it. If you're teaching people, you're living it and you're breathing it. And sometimes you can sound like a broken record because every time you're on a podcast, you're talking about the same thing or every time you're on a Facebook group. But when you're passionate about something, you find the passion, you end up finding... um, the audience and the followers and people flock to it, I think. For sure. I mean, before we started recording this podcast, I was watching like a 45 minute SEO, like YouTube video, just like tr- I'm always like trying to, to learn more and push that even further. So it's definitely a passion. Yeah, it's, it's so good to hear because I think sometimes like with educators, sometimes people have, I mean, I, there is all different educators out there in the world, but sometimes people have a bit of a skewed idea of like, someone's getting into education because they're trying to supplement their income and they don't realize that like some people get into education because they're, they're actually the expert in what they're teaching and that's what they love to do. So if you do go to that person, like you're going to get the results because they're going to be relentless giving you the results. For sure. I mean, the the Facebook group we have, um, we give away so much free education like on an hourly basis. Like we wouldn't do that if it wasn't just like purely our passion. So. Okay, so jumping into SEO, I know that you are very empowered with knowing the knowledge and I know um, like for yourself, that must feel really good to be able to jump in and make the needle move. And one question I actually want to ask you and one thing that I know a lot of people are kind of like don't really know about, um, do you believe in, in your honest opinion that it's worth outsourcing SEO to, to an expert or would it be worth investing in yourself and learning those skills? Yeah, totally. Um, I think that investing in SEO is really, really difficult. It takes so much knowledge to find the right company or person that's going to actually like bring you results, not scam you, um, not do things that are really risky uh, for the long-term health of your website. We have a really long blog post on feelyourphotos.com about that called, it's like higher should I hire an SEO? And pretty much our, our conclusion is probably not. <laughs> like, um, And at least if you do have to hire somebody, you should have some basic knowledge of what they're doing, what the goals are, if it's attainable, like what those timelines actually look like. And you have to like really, really watch them to make sure they're not going to screw up your site. Yeah. I actually want to just um, stop you there and, and um, bring that point home for my listeners because a lot of people think like with advertising, with marketing, with Facebook ads, with Google ads, things like that is they can just pay for outsourcing and then they can sit back and it's all done. And I actually believe that you shouldn't outsource something until you know at least the basics. So that way you can understand what's actually happening. Um and I believe that all the way through every part of your business, even for myself, like this might sound a little bit extreme, but I actually know a lot about accounting and I, and I learned so much about finance because, because I make money and it's a really important part of my business. When I go and talk to my accountant or my bookkeeper, I want to know if it's the best option and I want to know exactly like the advice that they're giving me so then I can, I can make the best decisions for my business. So I think the same thing, like if... Um, I personally do outsource a lot of SEO for my different businesses because uh, I don't have a lot of time, but I do know the things that I need to know and I know what I need to outsource. And I think having, yeah, having that is like means you're empowered to make those right decisions. For sure. And like, I think SEO is such a broad term 
where people are like, can I just buy SEO? And it's really like, do you want to buy link building or title creation or blog post creation? Or like, there's just so many aspects. And in reality, most people need to hire out some of those things, but they really need to first figure out like what what's lacking in their website and marketing and what they really need to work on. Um, plus, like, the more you learn yourself about SEO, I think the more that you can leverage your actual expertise and find those like really like the opportunities where it's going to benefit you most. Um, and and it, they're so unique to each photographer and each market that it helps to have that, that base level of knowledge. Yeah, absolutely. And, and as I said before, it goes down to anything. Like if you're hiring someone for branding, if you're hiring a copywriter, hiring Facebook ads, like if you don't know that it's good what they're giving you and you put it on your website, it could be harming your website because no one cares about your business as much as you care about your business. Hey, um, I actually want to ask you a question. I know that, that you just said that yourself and Corey joined forces um, and you joined your superpowers together, like your love for SEO to work on a, a course together. That takes a lot of, I guess, um, a, a, like a big part of it is like the growth mindset because I have noticed, especially in the industry of knowledge, like um, – you know, education, things like that, that a lot of people don't like to share with each other. They see so much competition. So it's it's kind of surprising in a way that you guys have joined together, but it makes so much sense. Can you tell me a little bit about it? Yeah, I, it, it was scary at first, I guess. Um, I think that sometimes as an educator, you're like, you, you really believe that your way is the true path or something. And like, I, I think that it was scary for me to be like, well, maybe his ideas here are right, even if they disagree with mine. And I think the, the process was super healthy. Uh, we were able to really like question each other on our actual like uh, theory and how we have tested each thing. And it's, it's pushed us to, to really up our level. Um, it also upped the, like the standards of what we were delivering in the course. Um, I think that it, it, it's been so key for both of us to hold each other accountable and um, really work on the actual product. So um, I, I definitely know that the the course wouldn't be where it is without partnering, and it's one of the best decisions I've made. So without even you know this might not have been like the reason why you did it at the start, but it's it's it means that you've given so much value to your audience and to the people that are learning from you because you got two perspectives now. And you've really stepped it up a notch. Like you're doing something instead of like being so selfless or selfish where you just want to both sell courses. Like now it's best benefits everyone that's going through with two different perspectives with, you know, higher standards with so much more, so much more wealth of knowledge. Yeah, it's, it's, been, it's been awesome. <laughs> um, hey, let's dive in. I want to give my listeners um, just a little bit of value and things they can walk away with and... Um, I want to ask you, maybe if you can give us some tips, maybe, you know, three to five tips on ways that we could right now jump over to our computers and and start playing around to see if we can start ranking a little bit better in Google or, you know, optimizing our website just that little bit more. Totally. Yeah, we can definitely do that. Um, do I, I'm going to list them off real fast and then we can go through them a little bit. Let's do it. Um, cool. So the first thing, you need to sign up for Google Search Console. Um, and that's google.com slash webmasters and verify your domain in search console. 
that's going to be like your your one source of actual like accurate um, analytics for Google search. Uh, it's also where you can see errors and get a lot of information about your website. Um, the next thing that I think you should really dive into is what I call indexation cleanup. Um, this is a little bit like complex and it, it might be more than we can cover in this podcast, but the main theory is that you need to look at every page that Google has indexed. So they're, they're showing in search results for your website and you can do that by doing a simple Google search and it's just the word site S I T E and then a colon and then your domain. So for my example, it's dylanmhowell.com, all ran together, no spaces. And it's going to show like a certain number of results. And that's how many pages Google has indexed. Uh, for my site, it's generally around like 200. Um, and if you see that like in the thousands, you probably have some technical issues you need to fix. Um, pretty much you want to look through those results and you want to make sure that every one of those pages being returned is actually something you want users to land on and is relevant and useful and quality information. Uh, you might see that there's a lot of like image attachments that are just single images that are in blog posts. Uh, there might be tag archives or category archives that are kind of low quality results. Um, there might be like demo content from your website builder. Um, I see that quite a bit. Um, other like just stuff that isn't what you're really trying to rank. Um, and so we, we have a, we have this like free SEO challenge. And if you go to feelyourphotos.com slash challenge, um, this is like the day one uh, uh, course. And you can like see a whole blog post that tells you like exactly what those uh, different types of pages are and how to get rid of them. Uh, but basically, you're going to want to no index or delete uh, any of the, the low quality pages. So you're basically saying like, um, yeah, you don't really want high volume when it's low quality you want like real good quality that ranks really well and then when people get to that website it's actually the information they want and it converts them hopefully into clients yeah for sure and we've we've never seen like when we do that for clients or we have students or course members do that on their sites we've never seen it hurt their site but we almost always see a ranking increase like pretty quickly within for sure within the month so it's Definitely an awesome technique. Uh, the next one is Google My Business. Uh, do you guys have Google My Business in Australia? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we do. <laughs> sure. um, so signing up for a profile, and it has like a percent completion when you sign up, just making sure that you actually like take time to fill that profile out. It's so important. Um, adding like your business hours and where you're located and uh, your web address and a short description and um, photos of your business, um, super key. Um, doesn't it? No real rocket science there, but just making sure your profile is completely filled out. Uh, but the one thing to really watch out for is what's called the NAP. Uh, so that's the business name and the address and the phone number. Um, that needs to be consistent across every profile you have for your business on the entire internet. Um, and so I've seen a, a lot of businesses, they'll either move or they've had like multiple addresses over time. Um, and it's just not consistent. Like their Yelp might have a different address than their Google My Business and their website. And you just, you want all of those to be extremely consistent. And it's down to like spelling out street versus having it say ST. Uh, those little tiny minute differences uh, can hurt you. So that's super important. 
Can I ask a quick question there with that? Let's go for it. Yeah. You know, like with um, Google My Business, that's where people leave a, a review, if you don't know yet. Um, is it? Do you think it's important to get people, especially if a wedding photographer, to get when people leave a review to actually post one of their wedding photos or post the photo with the review? It does help, uh, for sure. Uh, so them posting photos is great. Um, if they happen to like mention kind of like where you're located or like just getting reviews is great, but if they like can kind of SEO their review for you a little bit, it, it can help. Uh, so like if they say like Jai was the best Melbourne wedding photographer I've ever like of my dreams or something like that, uh, that's going to help your Melbourne rankings, um, which is cool. Uh, one th- cool thing with reviews or thing you should do is reply to them. So like every time you get a review, even if it's negative or positive, uh, you should just give a quick reply. Okay. That, that's really cool. I have a, uh, I've got a, like a private secret um, page on my website where I send people after, you know, I've completed their wedding and stuff like that. And it gives them instructions on how to leave a review. And it actually has a video to show them how to leave a Google review because a lot of people don't know that you need to sign in you need to leave the review. And I also show people to um, upload an image as well. So it says like, please, if you've got a couple of favorite images, upload them. It helps when people Google my name so they can see my work. Dude, that's awesome. Yeah, you're, you're crushing the game. Oh, thanks, man. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think the next tip I would go into, um, doing basic keyword research. Uh, there are a few free tools you can use. Uh, one is called Ubersuggest. And it's by an SEO named Neil Patel, who I'm not the biggest fan of, but he has a cool free tool. So uh, this allows you to get some sort of guess on how many people are searching each term and how competitive that term is. So you can you can get an idea: Are people searching wedding photographer in Melbourne, or wedding or Melbourne wedding photographers, or Mel- Melbourne wedding photography, and kind of get the exact uh, wording down? Um, once you have that you can decide what your main keyword topic is going to be for your homepage, which is generally the strongest page on a wedding photographer site. Um, And you can set that in your website platform. And then you want to make sure that that keyword is not being targeted by any other pages on your site. Um, A lot of website platforms out of the box will append that homepage title or the site title to every blog post title or every page title on the site. I know Squarespace does that. Um, and that's really bad for SEO. It's it's not what you want to have like every page on your site say, cool wedding in Dallas, Texas by Melbourne wedding photographer Jai or something like that. Um, you, you want that main keyword to only really appear in the site title for the homepage. So that's super important. The next thing I would do you might hear like content is king or something like that. Um, and it's kind of true. Um, content is so massively important for SEO these days. And I think it's, it's trending the right direction for photographers now, but, uh, I can't overstate how actually building useful informational content for your potential clients is going to help your SEO. Um, and that if you have a brand new website or if you're like 10 years into it and you have a really established website, uh, it's going to help no matter what building your authority. It's it's a good idea to do some like ideation and get some ideas on blog posts that you want to write that are really like targeting your local scene first. Those are generally going to be easier for you to break into. 
but not being afraid of tackling like national and worldwide topics um, and just using like the quality of the content you build to kind of to rank for those. Um, so an example might be wedding guides, like how to do a timeline. And so you might start small. Uh, it might be like how to plan a Portland elopement. And I might talk about local vendors, the local venues, local laws, regulations, permits, uh, and stuff like that. And there's probably only a few people targeting that topic. So it's going to be fairly easy to rank. Uh, but then it can progress and you can start talking about like, I think I just did a guide on my site that's like how to plan a bachelorette party. And it's ranking like nationwide and worldwide for that term because I've built up that authority and Google likes my site. They think that I'm an expert on the, on the topic. Yeah. I think um, over the years, I know when I first started, a lot of, it, a lot of people um, thought like smaller uh, and more frequent blog posts were the way to go because you're getting onto Google more often and things like that. Yeah. But I definitely agree with you. Now when I have like more meaty posts that actually serve like really good content, they're the ones that have ranked on Google and give me, you know, lots of click-throughs every single day and they continue to rank years later because, you know, I put in the time to make stuff that was that was actually valuable. And I think, yeah, like you said, like now it more, more than ever is to have content that's actually valuable. For sure. I, I think my record so far, this is for a client site, but I, I did a, I think it was 11,000 word blog post. <laughs> And Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> but it's driving so much traffic right now for them. I think it's like around 500 clicks a day or something like that. So it's like, wow. yeah, some real traffic. So yeah. It, yeah. I don't think I've ever gone over like two to 3000 nice. words. But like, <laughs> And when I first started out, it was always like, just hit the 300 mark, you know, yes. 300 words and it's all good. <laughs> and now it's like, yeah, get rid of those. And then let's put in some like, I'm not going to post until I've got another 2000 words, you know? Totally. Uh, so yeah, after you have some good content on your blog, um, I think one thing that most photographers don't utilize is using videos. Um, so recording a quick between like five and 20 minute YouTube video um, on the topic that you've blogged about and throwing that on YouTube and then embedding it in your blog post. Uh, it's almost like a cheat code how easy it is. Like if you're having a hard time ranking for a local wedding venue that you really want to rank for, uh, look and see if there's any videos showing up in the first few pages of results. Uh, generally, they'll put like a YouTube slider in the results. And even if not, uh, try doing a YouTube video, even if it's just an image slideshow and have the title, talk about the wedding venue, have it in the description, have the description from YouTube linked to your blog post um, and just see what happens. But I've, I've tried this with wedding photographers quite often and generally within like a week or two, uh, they get that first page ranking with the YouTube video. Yeah, that's awesome. What what do you think about other types of or other forms of content as well, like embedding audio, like a podcast, or yeah. um, using graphics or illustrations or cartoons or um, what else could you do? Yeah, definitely videos, slideshows. Uh, there's so much. There's so many ways to put content out there and make something really interesting. Do you think that's worthwhile for SEO, or do you think that's just worthwhile just for the reader? Because I guess you always want to you want to please both, don't you? For sure, for sure. I think that Google's really great at understanding video um, be because their machine learning is getting so good. Like if you look at the auto-generated uh, captions 
from a YouTube video now, it's, it's almost amazing. perfect. Yeah, it's yeah. like pretty scary. Um, yeah. And so that that knows that like they're doing those captions and then they're looking at the content of that and they're now like when you when you Google a term like how to install a light bulb, it's going to say like, do you want this 14 second snippet of this 10 minute video that talks exactly about how to do that? Um, wow. And so that that's like showing like Google knows what's up. Um, so videos are awesome. Podcasts are the same thing now. So like, I don't know if you've noticed with your podcast lately, but they are indexing the text of your podcast uh, for like the, even if you don't have uh, captions uh, embedded on your podcast website, um, if you talked about a certain topic, it might show up in Google searches and, and have your podcast as a link. Um, the podcast search is getting pretty cool. So those two things, yeah, I think I, Google, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't actually reckon that's hit down in Australia yet because nice. po- podcasting now, man, like seriously, like down here, if I want to, if I don't write the podcast name exactly correctly on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, or on Google, like I can't even find the podcast if I have a spelling Damn. mistake. So, yeah, down here I'm mind blown of how terrible the search is for a podcast. Yeah, it's kind of a bummer that I, Australia and some other countries has like search engine algorithms that are slightly out of date sometimes. Um, yeah, by like 10 years, I think. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of a, there's pluses and minuses there. Uh, you can game it a little bit more if you're kind of like a black hat SEO, but, mm-hmm. um, but yeah. And, and then you talk about like illustrations and images, they, they definitely help, but not as much, I, I would say. Um, they obviously think about the user and the user's intent. Like if, if somebody's looking for an illustration or like a guide, um, give them that and, and you're going to see your rankings increase. And that's like one of the most like basic overall tips I can give on SEO is to really think about what is the user, like what problem are they trying to solve? What information are they looking for? Like, how do they want that formatted to best answer their question? If you give people that thing over and over on different topics, you're going to see results. Totally, totally. What about, you know how you said um, before, like jump over to Neil Patel's website and you can use his little widget. I actually listened to his podcast a few times and he was talking about, and this could be a really good idea for you guys. What about if you created a widget yourself on fuel your photos that if you wanted to check, you know, those keywords, you can go to your website because um, I remember watching an interview on him and he was saying that was one of the reasons why he blew up so fast because he would put a widget on there and then he would get 500,000 views per month just from that and also people had to put in their email address to use it so it was like a giant list builder that's huge so maybe you got to invest a little bit of money into um you know creating that software for your website but i feel like it could be really worth it for you guys dylan for sure yeah we've been we've been playing with a few tools like that um we made one that previews what like your youtube um result would look like with the youtube thumbnail youtube title youtube description uh, we did the same for Google search, but there was a better tool that came out after ours. So we just promote theirs instead. Um, and then, yeah, we're working on some like free website stuff where we're not a thousand percent happy with the current website templates and themes and platforms that are available for photographers. Um, so we're going to be putting out some free, just free themes and free free stuff that we think performs better, has better SEO optimization and has the same clean aesthetics that people look for uh, when picking their platforms. So 
Yeah, awesome. All those things like just build so much traffic and so much value for you, for your users. Yep, for sure. We're super pumped on that. Uh, let's see. I think I have one more tip uh, before we go here. Let's see here. Yeah, so this one, um, actually I have two more. So the first one is internal linking. Uh, every link on your website that's going to another page on your website is an internal link. And photographers rarely optimize that really well. So what I mean by that is that your most important pages, the pages that you really want to rank on Google and drive traffic, you need to be really thoughtful about where and how often you link to them. Um, and not only that, but what words you use on the link, it's called anchor text. Um, you can you can kind of optimize that on your own website to an extent that's much greater than you can if you're building links from a, a, like external websites. Um, so for me, one like the number one page on my website from Google traffic is my Portland wedding venue guide. So I make sure that that's linked in my menu. Uh, so it's like really easy for users to get to. Google sees that link on every page of my website. Um, and it, it's just really driving like link equity or people call it like backlink juice uh, or page rank uh, to that page, um, which is super, super important. Um, I actually have some optimizations to do on my own site this weekend because I, I, I was looking at every internal link on my site and I saw that one of the pages that I don't really care about, my portraits page, because I only shoot like four or five portrait sessions per year, uh, has the most internal links out of any other page on my website. Um, and I need to figure out why, and then I need to change that to make sure that it's not as, like I need that one to be way down on the list. So um, yeah, it's an important thing to think about um, in general. Whenever you're building out a blog post, uh, try to link and tell people about another blog post on your site. So you might say, here's like Susie and Jane's engagement session. Also check out this other one I shot here or check out their other session or something like that. Yeah, awesome. I think it's it's also just good for the user as well. If they get to the bottom of your blog post and then they can continue on because there's something that's relevant to that blog post and they can dig in a little bit more into you, your content. Think Thinking about the UX of your website like that is really good. For sure. And then the last tip. Sorry, I have so many. Um, no, it's good. Yeah. Create a thank you page after your contact form. Um, a lot of photographers don't do this and I think it's kind of a missed opportunity. Um, and on that thank you page, you can have information about how soon to expect the reply, how to, how they should expect that reply. Um, maybe you say like, hey, follow me on these social media channels, uh, or here's a free guide to like where to plan your elopement or something like that. Um, and then for an SEO perspective, you should be tracking those uh, page views on the thank you page uh, when people are directed there after their contact form. And you can set goals in Google Analytics for that. And then you can really track um, which pages people are coming to from Google that are actually ending up with them inquiring with you. Um, so then you can see like the real results from your SEO, which is pretty important, especially if you're hiring out, uh, that you hold the SEO accountable for driving traffic that is actually going to contact you. Yeah, and it's like we said before, um, 
outsourcing things like when you outsource or pay for anything it's all about the roi which is return on investment so if you are outsourcing seo or google ads and you don't actually know how many people are going from that ad or from that blog post to that thank you page then you really can't optimize it you can't scale it and you might be wasting your money and might be wasting your time as well for sure for sure yeah and like i i kind of mentioned earlier but like if you do hire out SEO, um, it's not going to be instant. Like Google ads, it's like, Hey, are the ads working or not? Like, uh, you're not going to see that much conversion, like, af- like maybe a few days after the Google ads are done. But, um, with SEO, it might take a few months, especially if it's a brand new website. Um, but you should see, even then you should see a uptick in your impressions, which is more people seeing your site in Google search. Um, you should see some positive signs like within weeks or the first month. Yeah, I I don't know if you know this, but I'm building out a new course at the moment. It's the six figure business map for wedding photographers, and I talk about um, I talk about marketing and building a well rounded like strategy with your marketing. And so those two things I call them one's a firecracker, uh, so it's a firecracker approach, and one's slow burn. So a slow burn is like. You're doing those SEO things, you're doing the blog posts, you're doing all that stuff because you're not going to see results straight away. But in the long term, it creates your website really sustainable because you're going to start like getting more and more traffic without doing the hustle. And then the firecracker, that's all about the hustle, which is unsustainable because it takes a lot of time, takes money for Google ads and things like that, but you will see results straight away. Exactly. Yeah. I I got kind of lucky that I didn't have to do like the Google ads really. I guess I did a few. I probably spent like $200 in Google ads when I started my career. But um, the slow burn for me has been everything because I, it's allowed me to kind of be lazy with everything else. Like uh, I just sit back and I get inquiries and I get traffic and I don't like I, I don't post on social media at all right now. Um, I do everything wrong with marketing except for Google. I, sh- I should be more well-rounded, but <laughs> it's working enough. Uh, the thing is, though, like, um, I think with the well-rounded stuff is like the firecracker stuff is what you supplement when when the slow burn is not working. So if you get no inquiries come in, then you got to start fixing something. But I'm the same as you, man. Like I am so lazy with my business, Free the Bird. I'm barely posting. I'm barely doing anything, but I'm relying on the last seven years of slow burn stuff I've put in play, and it all just keeps playing and playing and playing. Um, and I just make sure I keep nurturing those things, which is, you know, updating my blog posts, going talking to venues, like, you know, strengthening those relationships, all those things. Those relationships are everything. And it, it I think we did a podcast episode that we're going to release like tomorrow, I think, um, with a photographer in Colorado. And she talked about all of the relationships she built, creating a blog post uh, for her site that was a venue guide for Colorado. And it's been game changer for her business. And it made me really think about how many things I did for SEO that were so similar where I was either researching topics or reaching out to the like planners and wedding venues locally to me. And those relationships have brought me so much more revenue than like pretty much almost any Instagram post or anything like that. Like <laughs> You can't even pay for how much it brings in. The ROI is insane, isn't it? For sure. And it, it's it's an easy thing. Like, I feel like so many people are just maybe scared or don't realize the importance. But uh, reaching out to those local vendors and keeping them happy is so so huge. 
And hey, talking about um, cross promoting, like from uh, slow burn to a firecracker. Yeah. One thing that I do sometimes is I'll do a blog post and I'll interview like the five top florists in Melbourne that all have like about fifty thousand followers on Instagram, uh, and they all have you know big search. Um, like people are searching them, like they're popular people, and then I'll leverage off that by I'll interview all of them. I'll go take their photos. I'll put up fresh photos. But then when it comes out, they're sharing it on their social media. So uh, instantly, it's in front of people that are getting married, their audience. It instantly gives me followers. And if anyone's Googling them, it instantly comes up my website. So again, like you can cross-promote things. And the more that you brainstorm, the more that you brain map an idea out like that, the more the further you can get your brand out there without outsourcing, without paying for advertising, without the Google ads and you know, without everything else. Yeah, I mean, an example from this afternoon is there's this brand new wedding venue that's close to me and it's a perfect A-frame cabin on a river, like an hour drive from my house. So I like I want to shoot there, I don't know, 10 times a year for the rest of my career and just never do anything else. But um, they asked how much it would cost to buy an image from a wedding to use on their website. And I could have been like, yeah, like that's going to be $3,000 or something. But instead, I was just like, hey, like, I love shooting here. Here's this photo, full res, use it. Just credit me with the link on your, on, from your site. And I expected like a little footer credit or something that would be like photo by Dylan Howell or something like that. I went to their website today and it's like half, like the first header image is just my photo. And then right below it, it just says like big bold text, photo by Dylan M. Howell and links to my website. So like my favorite wedding venue is just massively promoting me as the the photographer to use so it's incredible man and new new places like that too which means there's no seo for it there's such an opportunity and i literally had the same opportunity last week i i had i heard along the grapevine there was a new wedding venue opening up around the corner and as soon as i heard it i found out this person's phone number and i was on the call i went over there an hour later i had like a bit of a chat and then i actually filmed the chat for my um for my business map course so people can see like how i approach that and then two weeks later, we just did a styled shoot, which I also filmed for the course. But they've got no content on their website. They've got no content on their Instagram or anything. There's nothing on Google. So I already know like these one day's worth of work is going to, you know, the ROI on that. You can't even pay for that. No, it's going to be awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really fun when you outrank the venue's website with your own website. Oh, totally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Awesome, man. So, thank you so much for getting on and chatting to me and my listeners and um, teaching me some stuff. Um, where, can we, where can we find you? Where can we find your course, um, your podcast? Should we connect with you on Instagram? Like, Tell me. Yeah, totally. So, uh, Facebook group, you, you guys should all join that. It's free and it's awesome. It's called Feel Your Photos. Uh, we also have this free SEO challenge that I talked about. Uh, you sign up and we send you an a YouTube video every morning and a blog post on how to do that challenge for the day. Um, if you do all seven days, you get our ebook for free, which is pretty rad. Um, also we have a, a full SEO course and it's called fuel your business and it's fuelyourphotoscom slash fuel or slash SEO course. Uh, so yeah, check that out. Awesome. Um, I'm going to link all that stuff into the show notes. So you'll be able to scroll down straight uh, in Spotify or Apple Podcasts and you'll be able to get a link straight to Dylan's stuff. So again, Dylan, thank you so much. I really appreciate you jumping on, having a chat and I'll talk to you soon. Totally. Thanks, Jay.
So good having Dylan on the podcast. I've actually wanted to have him on my podcast for so long because I know he delivers so much value. He doesn't hold back. So to find out more about Dylan's courses and his podcast and everything like that, I'm going to put the link straight underneath this podcast in the show notes. You can scroll down and you can click on those. And if you'd like to follow Dylan on Instagram, it's Dylan M. Howe. So D-Y-L-A-N-M. H-O-W-E-L-L, Dylan M. Howe. And I'm sure he wouldn't mind you stopping in and saying hi, sliding into his DMs. Again, guys, thank you so much for listening to Make Your Break. I really hope I get to meet you guys in the live workshop. If you want to join that, just head over to jialong.co and I'll put the link below as well. But I love you guys and I'll chat soon. Spread the love and create opportunities for the people around you. Make Your Break is brought to you by Jai Long and produced at our in-house studio, Free the Bird Productions. We love creating opportunities for you and hope you'll share this podcast with your friends and loved ones. For more information on this podcast, our online courses, products, workshops, or just want to say hi, we're here for you at jailong.co.